Hey, welcome to the episode of Christian Samostra Podcast presented by High Octane Coffee and J Concepts. Want to thank you guys. It's kind of in towards the month of first quarter, and uh, I mean, I'm somewhere in the United States, I should know what's going on, but I don't. It's everything hectic. Uh, I think we're just coming back from uh, Washington D.C. So I think this week we're in. Providence, I'll get back to you on that. Brad's working over in Old Canada, and uh, you know he's doing that uh, oil rigging type deal and stuff like that. So go take a look at his stuff right now. Uh, Bradley Shaw Designs on his Facebook and on his Instagram too. I uh, want also to let you know that we have a spread shop uh, at Crush This, a Moss Truck Podcast uh, spread shop. Get some merch. Uh, 6B Apparel does these crew shirts. We got hoodies, $100 a pop. Go take a look at that, too. Also want to give a shout-out to Steve Jones in Monster Truck Attitude on Facebook and on YouTube. Downhill Diecast Monster Truck Racing, home for Thursday Night Thunder. Go take a look at his stuff. Um, I think they already just got done with month one of 2024 in January. And we'll go from that, too. Uh, one more person to give a shout-out to is Bryce Kenny. He was a uh, guest of ours about maybe a few months ago. Go take a look at his book, Gears for Life. Uh, it's on Amazon.com. I think it's also on audio, too. So, uh, man, there's a lot of quick quick things going on here. But uh, we're going to get ready to go here. And uh, we did something a little bit different. We always do it once or twice a year. Uh, we have a crew chief episode and none other that we're going to do our intro. I always do old school intro, so whatever. We'll soon get a new one. Uh, we have a new backdrop, new stuff like that. Uh, merch for that coming out too. Sorry about my dirty hands. Uh, I was fiberglassing, and uh, since I haven't seen actually my clean hands in almost 20 years, uh, I may you know try to wash them. I don't know, it's fiberglass, but uh, don't, don't hate on me on that too. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, go ahead and go from there and uh, have Shelby Fisher on, the crew chief of Thunder Wars, uh, Monster Jam World Finals freestyle champion. So uh, we'll get this little intro going on here and go from there. But first, I got to thank a sponsor. So here we go. <laughs>
This isn't your typical motorsports podcast. You're listening to Crush This, a monster truck podcast presented by High Octane Coffee and J Concepts. A show where we take you inside the minds of your favorite drivers, past and present, of the monster truck industry. And now, your hosts, Brad Shaw and Dan Chichagash. Buckle in. The show starts now. I thank David Lee there, old school monster truck uh, announcer, does all the old school monster truck stuff like in the Pontiac Silverdome and stuff like that. But thank you, David Lee. Hey, Shelby, how you been? And uh, man, uh, getting ready to uh, enjoy this podcast. Yeah, I've been good. How have you been, Teach? All good, too. You know, first quarter's been kicking our butts. I include you into that because you're in the stadium tour going on there, too. But, uh, you know, when we start off with our podcast here, we always uh, go back and kind of a little bit of timeline deal. You know, uh, were you ever, uh, how did you get started in the motorsports world, especially in the monster trucks? Were you always a fan of monster trucks or uh, were you outside the spectrum? Uh, But how did you get started? Uh, kind of hard to hear you there, teacher, breaking up a little bit, but, um, I heard a little bit of what you said. Um, so my, I went to my very first, um, I was actually a Monster Jam show when I was, uh, really little. Um, my parents took me to my first one and I just, I loved it so much. I thought it was so cool. And, um, I've been a fan since then. And, um, that kind of got me started into my, uh, kind of like how I liked motorsports. That was the first thing I saw. And, um, every year, um, so I'm from Detroit, uh, they would come once a year. So I went every year, you know, I was just sitting there enjoying the shows. Um, and then after I graduated high school, I actually found out about, um, UNOH. It's a college in, uh, in Ohio, Northwestern university. And, um, I went there to, uh, get my automotive technology degree and I have a degree in automotive in, um, High performance motorsports, and the um, when I got there, I didn't know it at the time, like when I applied, but um, the university and Monster Jam are actually kind of like partners, and that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. So you went ahead and uh, went to UNOH because outside of Monster Jam, they do all sports, all types of motorsports. I think they what they have a dirt track team, uh, they have all sorts of stuff like that in general. So you did your high performance and stuff like that too. Uh, did you get your hands on other types of motorsports out with one you were doing in college? Uh, so like the automotive technology is more like working on uh, like your everyday car. And then for the high performance motorsports, um, I learned a lot of um, like different kinds of like high performance shock systems. So I also learned how to work on um, like dirt cars, drag cars, um, kind of just a, a broad spectrum of different kinds of high performance uh, vehicles. Okay. So then you heard through the grapevine or more to it. So you were kind of in school when you finally heard about Monster Jam partnering up with UNOH or was it before you went to school there? I had found out when I had already started. Okay. All right. So then, and then, so that kind of went light bulb for you and you kind of pursue uh, that a little bit, but you know, you, you, uh, was there like a job fair 
or how did you get yourself how did you get your foot in the door of getting yourself in the monster jam so my first year at UNOH um there were a group of us that really liked monster jam and we had all kind of found out at the same time that the school was partnered with them and um, there were some um, some counselors at the school that had recognized this, and uh, we had I would think there was like a group of fi- of twenty of us. Um, they had the school had reached out to us through our emails, and they were like, "Hey, um, so Monster Jam's coming to I forget if it was um, I think it was Dayton. I want to say it was Dayton." And um, they're like, "Are you interested in going? We'll provide transportation." So we all went, and. Um, it was really cool. We got to talk to uh, to the drivers after a little bit about like what they do and how to get more involved. Uh, and it was kind of something that we kept up with um, or that they had kept up with us through our time in UNOH. And um, I think it was it last last year, I want to say they kind of did like a weekend warrior intern intern type thing. Um, so I had signed up to do that. And I was able to fly out to the events on um, on certain weekends and kind of learn a little bit of what life is like working there and um, just learn a little bit. So I really was like super excited. You know, I met a lot of people and I really liked being able to be up close by the trucks and see just kind of how the whole thing worked. And I just part of it. So. That was when I first met you in Chicago is when you were doing kind of the internship, I guess you would say, uh, learning experience during those five show days uh, at uh, Chicago's uh, Rosemont Horizon and stuff like that. Uh, so you you kind of got yourself a little bit of your feet wet. You, you understand, you know, that sometimes stuff gets heated. Some, you know, there's some voice raising, a little bit of, you know, the tension of, working on a monster truck when you have one, the part needs to be fixed prior to the next event. Two, you have tech officials harping down your throat, trying to let you know, hey, well, when is this truck done? How many minutes, how many more minutes do you have? Stuff like that. So you're getting a little bit of a taste of it, but you graduated and you know you have to do the wonderful set sail to moving down to Tampa, Florida or Ellington, Florida and you know set sail and travel there uh you know you know it was i guess for my parents it was hard uh when i left to go to florida uh but uh for you how were you nervous uh what were you thinking before prior to you know setting sail to go down to florida um, it was, um, it all kind of happened really fast, actually. So it was like a few weeks in between each, um, each event for me. So I, um, after the weekend warrior thing, um, you know, I had talked to everyone a little bit and like you were talking about, or, um, like just kind of seeing the environment of everything working with like tensions and stuff. I knew that going into it, there was a lot, you know, it was going to be kind of chaotic, um, so I wasn't really like too surprised with what I saw. And I was, I mean, it didn't really phase me at all. I was like, okay, I'm just learning. I'm just taking it all in, seeing how everything just kind of works. And then, um, I also graduated from UNOH last year and that was almost like a month right after the end of the weekend warrior internship. 
So I graduated. I had gone home for like three days and then I was flown out to, um, to Minneapolis. I was doing, um, to, we worked with Valley fair at one of the theme parks Mm -hmm. and I drove, uh, the ride truck in the park for a month. I was there. Um, I was like one of three drivers and I thought that was so super cool. It was really fun experience. I loved, uh, working with like the fans and especially the kids, they made it all worth it because they were so excited and they were just they would they would sit down next to me and they'd be like wow this is so cool and I just that made it the whole day for me every day um and then by the time that was over I think I had like another three or four days after I had flown home to move down here to Florida and after I had moved down here I had a week to get settled and then I started um at the shop so it was kind of like one after another after another it just happened so quick but it was it's been so much fun i absolutely love it um it's just great yeah different weather compared to detroit and i always say florida if you ever look at florida's weather it's like darth vader darth vader's facial expression you ain't gonna get nothing out of it uh it's just gonna be the same thing over and over again um except for that one time we did a show in orlando and i was 33 out but outside of that um Normally it's 70, 80, 90. Oh my God, it's flaming hot in the summertime. But then you have your four to five o'clock oh, hour yeah. shower. Then after that's done. But um, so you go, know, you go over and you do your thing and you go start your work. Now, with you having the background or like, because for instance, when they get into UNOH, what they taught you, at the school, is it, you know, when you're entering the shop, did you have to basically, you know, start from scratch in your head or was a lot of things easy to pick up learning from, you know, guys that have been doing it for quite some time. They've been, you know, working on the grind. They've been starting, I guess, the quote unquote saying the school of hard knocks, uh, you know, on working these things. So what, once again, I have to pick your mindset again. So you're entering a whole different environment, a whole different work environment. Um, you know, outside of some certain areas of the building, there's more guys than girls, you know, to be honest with you. You know, outside of your occasional, when I was a technician, we did the occasional walk to the break room. It took, you know, you know the snack area, uh, the walk to the snack area, and, you know, different different sections of the Feld building. People may understand that Feld, the Feld building is the third largest building in the state of Florida outside NASA. And I think uh, some Amazon building somewhere in Florida, but you know, there's different apartments and different people. So, but in, in yep. we're in the kind of the back 40 area. Um, but for you, I'm going off the tangent, making me remind myself about that company, but uh just I'm picturing where I'm at in the building, but uh, what the mindset again, prior to you starting work at the shop and then you are working at the shop. Uh, how did you handle those situations? Um, so UNOH taught me. Um, so a lot of the things at the shop um, we did learn in at UNOH, like um, basic engine maintenance. Um, that was a really big one. Like when we, check valve lash, you know, spark plugs. That was stuff I had never done. 
prior to going to UNOH. So learning it there, I was able to do it here at Monster Jam during my career. Um, but as like talking about like how to break down our corners and just general maintenance, um, chassis work, that was stuff that was totally new to me because, you know, I, don't, I always tell people no one can teach you monster trucks. You know, everything has its own setup. Everything is different compared to a lot of like a, other high performance things. Um, but it isn't a whole lot different than things that I had learned at school. So I picked it up kind of quick. Um, it did take me a little bit of time, but that's because I just wanted to be so thorough with learning how they did it. I wanted to make sure I was doing it the correct way because, you know, again, you got these massive trucks, you know, they're racing, they're doing tricks, they're, you know, freestyles, they're jumping 20 feet in the air. You know, I really wanted to make sure I was doing everything correctly to be able to do my job to the best that I could. Um, but yeah, like um, a lot of the stuff I had learned at school, I tried to apply to my job at Monster Jam and I am actually able to do that. So it's, it's very nice. Does, um, are they still doing their training stuff at the school? I remember, what well, not the school, at the shop. I remember when I was there, Jeff Sins and Fitchett were running kind of them. And same thing with BJ Johnson. They were running like a kind of a micro school type deal. Um, I think the chassis that we were working on is now on display at UNOH, the old Monster Mutt Dalmatian Dragon skinny cab chassis that they had back in the day and jeff always timed us to change transmissions you know we learned about the transmissions we learned about you know housings axles the different types of axles compared to the clarks and the zfs that tom and his team and paxton ran just trying to get us uh set just for a situation where you know josh dyke or mason uh, you know, those guys at the Paxton shop back then need some people to help out. Uh, they, we need the understanding of what they were doing on their side of it so we can help them thrash into a certain situation. Because the worst frustrating thing is, is, you know, you're standing around not knowing what's going on when you can easily help them out. I mean, I'm just saying in, in situations in general, if people are watching and listening to this, if you're in a situation that you don't know what's going on, help with tools help with rags, help with something in general that they are doing something, just go ahead and say, hey, what tools do you need? Uh, where where uh, you need you know, a 916, a three quarter inch and an eighth, something that, a big ass hammer, something like that, go do that. That's why for me, when people ask me what's important for when we first started uh, Monster Trucks and stuff like that, I was like, learn about the toolbox. Learn about the toolbox in the trailer. Learn about the toolbox in general and then everything else will come out uh, the flow things because if they if a person knows that you are paying attention to, to what they want and get their tools quickly then they know that you're teachable um so i you know i'm one thing to learn about this show there shelby is we go all over the place and it's like searching for i always compare it to searching for one item at walmart but you travel all over walmart before you actually search for that one item you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying i know Yep. <laughs> <laughs> your mindset's the your mindset's the search for that one item, but uh, you you get the item, but you may go somewhere else, and so we're a little bit like that. But um, you know, you you're learning about it. You know, did they have a training uh, 
pro call or training seminar type deal there that I was trying to explain about? Yeah, I got um, like a crash course uh, my first week there. It was learning how to do break down a corner, what to look for for parts when you're doing your maintenance. Um, and it was kind of nice because during like the weekend warrior internship thing, I was able to like spectate them doing this like um, at the shows. I mean, they weren't doing maintenance when I had shown up. I was I showed up usually like on a Friday, was there for the event days, and then I would fly home after. Um but like during a thrash during that, I was able to see what the parts looked like, kind of understand a little bit of how it went. And then to be able to come here and kind of see it, like take my time with it, actually do it myself. It was really nice, really helpful. I feel like it made me a better um, technician right off the bat. Uh, and then especially because right after I did that, like two weeks later, we had a show in Dayton and um, I had gone to that and I was able to help during a thrash. I knew like going back to the whole learn your toolbox thing. Um, I knew like what tools to grab. Um, if they needed like extra hardware, I knew exactly what to look for, you know, between the different nuts and bolts and, you know, what fluids to look for. So it between learning what I did during the internship to go to start my career here, to going to my first show, everything, it was kind of like a smooth, <laughs> a smooth learning curve, I guess. It was just nice and easy for me. Man, times have changed. Like when I started back in 2014 and I, so I went to a school in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Rosedale Technical Institute. Went there, did automotive, not really high high performance. It, it was a school that's basically after you're done, you would go to a dealership. Uh, you know, your classic Ford Chrysler Chevy dealership type deal. So when I went, I applied, I talked to Eric Swikehart back and forth for almost a year. And I get my job opportunity for working for Feld in the first, in the, my first, I leave after Christmas, get there on the 28th, fly to 29th. And my first show was with John Sweeney and uh, George with Hot Wheels, Firestorm, and Monster Mount Dalmatian at Columbus, Ohio, week one of, well, week two for them, but for me, for that Monster Jam season. So it was a sink and swim moment, uh, how they try to do stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, a very big crash course. Halfway the season, I got picked up by uh, Cole Venard and Moose, but, that, that's kind of neat that they're trying to transition and help people better understand what they're going to do and stuff like that. So you're let's fast forward. You're about to go through uh, your first, first quarter season. You know, a lot of the people uh, become a third guy. Um, then, you know, everything is going to be uh, not crazy, but you're going to get a lot of information during first quarter to become a technician uh, a lot, a lot of information at one time. Um, can you tell me uh, who were you with and uh, trucks that you were with your first quarter and uh, kind of uh, how did you handle yourself during first quarter? Yeah, so um, right before first quarter, um, I found out that I was going to be with um, with Pops and I was going to be with, uh, with Mark. Uh, and our trucks were Toro and Thunder Horus. So um, trying to prep myself you know, trying to advance in my career a little bit, trying to understand a little bit more so I could be more helpful as a, um, as a third guy to them. 
and also just trying to prepare myself mentally because I knew we were going to be gone for a long time. It was going to be a lot of work. So I was just trying to get myself in that mindset of, okay, this is what it's going to be like. You know, we're going to, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be really great. It's going to, it's going to be awesome. And uh, I, I kind of learned a little bit, at least for me, um, like at the shop, I could try and learn as much as I can, but you need, you really just need to go and do it and get the experience in order to really understand how to do things. And that's most of how I learned how to do everything on my truck was just simply by having that time out on the road, my first, first quarter, having things happen and then learning how to fix it or how to do things while being out. That's truly how you get the experience. You get the knowledge that you need. So that was really cool. Um, we, uh, right before first quarter, we're doing first quarter prep on the trucks, um, just trying to get everything ready together to go out and have a great time. So uh, before we continue on, I got to thank some people. So uh, Justin Stories, he has a book called Making Tracks, a little comic book, uh, and uh, it's $10 a pop. Uh, he has it on his Facebook and on Amazon. And uh, I think he's making a series two also. So go take a look at that making tracks. Hall Brothers Racing, they help us out with our decals that you'll see on some of the monster trucks that tour the country. Um, and uh, go take a look at their stuff. They're doing the Monster Jam Marina East Tour. So uh, take a look at some of their, the, some of our decals that are on the trucks and other independent trucks uh, around the country too. And one more is JB Skill Graphics, officially licensed by Bigfoot. Bad Habit, Obsessed. Well, bad habits no more. But if you want a bad habit wrap on your RC truck, they still have it. Um, and also, they make monster truck flags, too. So for your little 10-scale monster trucks, uh, go take a look at that at JB Scale Graphics. All right, back to the program. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, that's another thing that I think also is helpful is I know when we I was at Chicago and I saw you, Mark was there, too, with El Toro. So I'm assuming that there had been some shows where you had interacted with Pops and Mark. So that, that has to be one ordeal, too, because the problem with my side of stuff compared to, like, how you got in is you just got thrown in. So you don't know. I didn't know how George's personality is. I don't know how John's personality is in general. It's a 50-50 shot on how someone's attitude or how people would mesh so that that had to be one thing that was helpful of how you got in the transition is you know how these people excuse me already are and stuff like that so um when you're connect, connecting with mark and pops uh you know that's another thing that's going to help you train is how, hearing how you know what pops would do this to what part of the problem at thunder roars or mark can help you, you know, you learn a lot from Mark with the bodies and stuff like that, fixing those El Toro trucks. So you're communicating with them and they're also helping you out with your training and stuff like that. When, so uh, what, what during your first, let's say, let's go with half the season. When you learn your first ha half, what was really, really important that they taught you? Um, so, well, like you said, um, I had already met, uh, Pops and Mark from doing the internship thing. I actually had only met Mark um, when I was with you guys in uh, Rosemont in Chicago. That was the only time I had met 
uh, Mark, except for he was also in Valley Fair for that month right before I started full time with um, where I am now. Um, but during the internship thing, I had always flown out to Pops's, um, his tour. They were on uh, the West Stadium tour. So I got to work with him closely there, um, along with everyone else on that tour. It was really great to do that and then come here because it kind of felt like I already had friends. So I wasn't like by myself a lot of the time. Um, so I was really excited to be in a trailer with them because, like I said, I already knew them. I was comfortable around them. Um, and, um, now that we've gone through half the season, um, I think, uh, the most important thing that they taught me, oh my gosh, it's hard to pinpoint pops taught me except for a few things that I learned from like Jeff and a few of the other people at the shop pops has taught me everything. I pretty much know he's been there through the internship thing for me. Um, he w did do the crash course on corners. And then for him to be one of my first crew chiefs in the trailer for my first first quarter and then working closely with him on just learning how to maintenance a truck, what to look for and everything. He's pretty much been there the whole time with me. So I'm, I'm close with him. If I ever have questions about anything, I feel more comfortable going to him. Um, he's a really great teacher. He really takes his time to show me the correct way to do things. He explains it in a really great way where I can understand. I mean, other people have tried to explain things to me and sometimes I don't really understand it. Everyone teaches different, you know, so, but I appreciate Pops so much just because, just for that reason, he's been there the whole time for me. You know, like uh, Jeff was actually the one that told me this and I always thought in my head is 20 different people can teach you 20 different ways of changing a Clark corner. It's your job to figure out what you want to do. Um, you know, so that's that's one thing I always learned is there's different ways of changing things. Um, the worst thing, uh, if it's people, if you're listening to this, worst thing to ever tell a monster jam or a monster truck technician that's helping you out is if you tell them multiple times, I know, I know, I know. Because then the next time you have a problem, the answer will be, I thought you knew. I thought, you know how to fix mm -hmm. this. I thought you can handle this. I could think and a lot of times they will just walk away and let you sink. And then, you know, then, excuse my friends, the shit hits the fan. So, um, and then the relationship between you and the other people are just going to be sour. Um, so remember that people are watching this. Always be a sponge. Always collect information. Always learn about something new. Uh, even though if you may know it, there could be a different way of doing stuff. So that's uh, one option. And also that's a, also a good thing to know about if you want to leave in the independent world or if you want to leave, you know, Feld Monster Jam to independent, you also have to be open-minded and a sponge that some people in different teams work differently than others. There's always three ways, my way, your way, and the team way. And, uh, <laughs> You know, the team's always kind of different. But you go ahead, and when, you know, when did you kind of gain a turning point of, uh, you know, I remember remember when I was in 2016, and I was crewing for uh, Lucas Oil Crusader and Pirate's Curse. Yeah, the 3D pirate truck. And 
kind of towards the first part of the season, I was helping Scott Smith with Lucas Oil. And he kind of made me start running the headset, talking to Lindsay. Uh, start, you know, he stepped back. I was maintaining Lucas Oil's truck, uh, going through the corners, doing everything. I He was... And I was making decisions to a point where Scott goes that if that's your decision, then we'll take it. And, but it's your job to take responsibility. So if something comes and I'm on the phone and I'm getting my ass chewed, well, I'm going to chew your ass uh, because it, it was your job to take care of that truck. So, you know, I took care of, you know, took care of it, stuff like that. And then one of the guys left, um, left the company and there was open spot for Pirates Curse. I took over that one. But so for you, when did when did Pop start? I guess extending the leash to a point where he let let go, and you you let trusted you to take the reins of you know like the, the, now the truck thunder roars because you guys had it together. Mm-hmm. Um. So early on in the season, I want to say maybe like a month in, a month and a half, and we were uh, we did a show in Indy. Um, that was the first show he let me have the headset and I was on comms with, uh, with Colt. And I was, I remember being so nervous. I was like, what do I say to him? Do I talk to him the whole time? Why don't, where am I supposed to go? Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. You know, my first time I was, I was just a, just a little third guy and I'm like, wow, I'm on the headset. This is so cool. And then I got out there and he was, he went out with me during practice and he was kind of like, okay, this is where you're going to go. This is what you do, you know, watch during the show just to see how the truck reacts and whatever. And then I also got to talk more with Colt, you know, there's certain things that every driver likes to, um, likes for you to tell them over, over comms, you know, all the drivers are different. Um, so it was really cool to do that. Um, and then still being, I was still third guy, but I would have the headset during the events on the weekends so it was, I still had, I still got to do like my main job and he was still kind of the, he was still the crew chief for Thunder Roris. So he was still kind of in charge of it and he was still working. I was with, closely with working with him to just learn as much as I could. Cause I wanted, I want to be so good at my career. I want to advance. I want to just be as best as I can, you know, for, for my job and it's really cool to be crew chief for a monster truck monster jam truck it's awesome you know not everyone gets the experiences that we have had before so i just um yeah he let me have the headset early on and i've just kind of been there since so then you know he, he gives you the when was the turn point where you became the crew chief of thunder roars because that the roller coaster, you know, went from, you know, exciting to more exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so throughout the entire season for first quarter, he was primarily, he was the crew chief for the truck. Like I said, he just let me have the headset, but I was getting more comfortable um, being on the headset with Colt. You know, we started having kind of like a crew guy driver relationship and, um, so by the end of first quarter, you know, it started coming around. I was really comfortable with what we were doing. It was working out really good. And then um, 
we came back off the road from first quarter and my very first show being like the official official crew chief for Colt and for Thunder Roars was at World Finals. So I the the pressure kind of was like setting in like as I was prepping the truck for the for the event and I was like okay like this is mine now like I have to really take care of this <laughs> and just remember everything that Mark and Bill had taught me throughout the season and apply it and prep my truck to be ready for, you know, one of our biggest events of the year. Yeah, it's also exciting, though, because it was your first time. Now, the pressure of what you won is always, you know, the situation because it happened, you know, you say it's, it happened kind of both sides of the coin, you know. Obviously, you and Colt won freestyle, but then again, you could have had the same situation as what Bryce Kenny had, where Colt wasn't going to be showing up, uh, you know, and you wouldn't even have a freestyle run just like Bryce would have had. So you were on the better side of the spectrum, but still, that that right there, thinking of what happened to Bryce and his team, had to be somewhat on your mind when you're prepping the truck and stuff like that. You're always going to go through gremlins. They're always going to pop their head out. Just when mm -hmm. that's the question is when they're gonna pop their head out with the uh, problems. Like we were on, I'm I'm going back to my time. We, I had Stephen Sims Jr. in Pirates Curse, and we were in Vegas World Finals, and we were doing the well that was called the Young Guns, but the uh, the entering the opening race prior to the main race, you know the the 16 new people I guess or the up and coming trucks race each other and and if the winner of that becomes number 32 in race during the you know the monster jam world finals we're in the semi-finals um and uh out of nowhere you know uh shock was kind of bad on the truck and uh you know we were out because of a uh uh the the heim of the shock coming in the crap broke you know didn't you know you know going through it it was good prior to it but it happens um so you're going ahead and you're you know you're in a unique going back kind of the old world finals where it's racing and freestyle at the you know same type of deal so when you're preparing for the freestyle portion of it you know colt's going big you know, there's going to be a backflip, big air and stuff like that. Was there a certain point of the truck where you were really trying to focus on hoping that it wasn't going to break when probably was a common situation during the whole season? Because like I said, those trucks break no matter what and, you know, different. You just want it to hold up. But was there a certain portion of the truck where you were concerned about? Um, There really kind of wasn't anything I was too concerned about. I mean, like you said, it's they're going to break. You can only do so much to try and prevent it. You know, you got these trucks, they're flying through the air. They're going fast. It, something's going to happen. You know, you just never know when it's going to be. Like you said, um, I prepping for world finals. I went so deep into the truck, just looking at everything that I could just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, I was checking connections, uh, I tore down my corners all the way as far down as I could. I crack checked chassis. I probably did a bunch of extra little things that I really didn't need to do, but I just wanted to give Colt the best truck that he 
could have to go out there and perform. You know, he was really excited to be part of World Finals, and I just wanted to give him the best truck to go out there and do whatever he had planned to do for the event. So I just did as much as I could. I th- I worked on it for weeks, and um, on event day, I remember I was so nervous. I was like, just kind of in this mindset, like, okay, maybe if I just expect the worst to happen, and maybe it won't happen. So I'm like, all right, just try and stay calm. Whatever happens, happens. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fine. You know, there's always another time. And uh, so, World Finals is there, and it's show day, and um, racing goes through. Okay, everything went great. He comes back. And I'm just looking at the truck, just kind of doing like a a quick nut and bolt, making sure everything's tight still. I'm just looking at it, thinking if maybe there was anything I missed. He goes out for high jump. Okay, everything's still good. I'm like, all right. Give it a quick look over again. It's still good. All right. All that's left is freestyle. So just waited and I watched. um, I was out there in the on the concourse watching his freestyle run. And I was, I was like, just kind of watching it. And I was like, all right, everything, everything kind of looks good. And um, he hit that one jump and he got that big air. And I remember standing there and I was looking at it and I was like, this could be it right here. This could be, this could be it. And I watched him and he, he landed like right on the, the edge of one of the, uh, one of the little bumps there. And the, the truck, I remember it doing kind of like one of these and he's trying to save it. And it stopped, and I'm like, all right, it's on all fours. It's good. All right, let's go. And then he did his two backflips, and it stayed together. It drove off the floor. It held up great. And I was like, well, that, I couldn't have asked for anything better. <laughs> that got to be a proud moment right there, just knowing that you'd be able to load that truck up, uh, you know, on, under its own power where half the field, not really. Uh, but, you know, you win it. Congratulations on that. You know, a big deal for Colt. You know, it was kind of a Texas sweep uh, outside of, you know, Ryan winning high jump with North Carolina. But the main portion was won by Tristan and, you know, Urge Shaker. That's a Texas boy, Colt, mm-hmm. a Texas boy. So, you know, you you first first show, one freestyle. You know, exciting about that. Another exciting thing is loading the truck up. Uh, after the program – after you did your stuff and uh, going through, did you find anything that uh, was there any major damage to the truck after? Um, looking back on it, no, not really. Um, the only thing maybe was like uh, I had the, like the tire ripped off the, the bead lock. That was pretty much like the major, major thing right there. Oh. But I mean, with, you know, he had that huge air and then doing the, the two backflips. And every time it landed, it landed on the sides. And I was like, eh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's and then uh, we saw you. Oh, well, I saw you again in Dayton. Um, you know, you know, just seems like Dayton's like a homecoming for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe what you I don't know how many other shows you've been to, but Dayton pretty much and I as a fan, but uh, employee. Uh, you've probably been there the most, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, I'm, I remember, because right before I worked for Monster Jam, I also worked a little bit, um, a few shows with um, with the Raising Cane uh, team. I worked with the with um, Buddy of Raising Cane one time, and then I worked with, um, with uh, Jack Brown and FTI okay. Torque. 
I believe one of the shows there was Dayton. So that was, I think, actually in 20, 2020. And then I was there again in uh, in 21. And I was there again in 22. So here I am again, 23. So we'll see if it happens again here in 24. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a, a little bit of like a, a homecoming a little bit because I did spend so much time in Ohio when I went to UNOH. So uh, you're getting ready. Uh, so you're doing your thing for 2024. Uh, you know, we're going to kind of drift away from that a little bit and talk about your TikTok. Uh, you know, that thing is, you know, have a little bit of fire, a little bit of followers here and there. Uh, you're going to get the ball rolling on your TikTok and uh, how you enjoy you're doing your TikTok videos. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of fun. I started, uh, I made my first one at the beginning of um, our first quarter season for 23. And I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've had TikTok for a few years. I never made one. I just kind of watched them, you know. And then, I don't know, one day I was scrolling and I heard an audio sound. And I was like, oh, I could I could maybe, like, do something with this audio to make it, like, geared towards what I'm doing. And my first video, it got, I don't know, like, 15,000 views. And I was like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And then I just kind of kept going with it. And I was like, well, no one really kind of knows what we do here, like behind the scenes. So I feel like maybe it'd be kind of cool to show them a little bit of, you know, what it's like for us. Everyone sees the drivers, but no one knows what we do, you know, throughout like the week to prepare for the event weekends. And my second video or my third video, I did like a day in the life of a Monster Jam technician. And it got up to 1.1 million views. And I was like, that's crazy that doesn't just happen and I've just kind of been going with it you know I make like little ones here and there they have like a fun little audio but I think my most views that I get on my videos is like a day in the life or a week in the life of a monster jam technician people really enjoy seeing what we do behind the scenes so I love making them I love interacting um with people on TikTok there have been a few times where um like at pit parties or even um, at the end of the event, people will be in the stands or be walking through pit party and they'll recognize me and they'll come up and talk to me and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and they'll just enjoy having a conversation. And it does not always have to be geared towards Monster Jam or Monster Trucks in general. They just enjoy talking to me about anything. So, yeah, and I know Corey, our, one of our uh, crew members, uh, he always gets asked to do interviews during the Monster Jam events. Do you get that? Yes, I do. Um, I actually, I love doing the interviews. I actually really love interacting with the fans and talking to them. So anytime they ask me to do an interview, I'm totally down to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Any social media people can follow you at, even though, yes, let's re-erase that. Outside TikTok, can anyone follow you at in your social media? Um, yeah, pretty much. I um, my TikTok, I don't have a private; it's open. Um, and then I made my Instagram is also a um, an open account; it's not private. I kind of have moved that a little bit towards gearing it towards um, my career as well. So I really like making content about what I do. Um, I take such pride in my truck and having it perform the best that I can. And when we do displays, I love trying to make it look the best that I can really 
pretty. So I like to just share photos of that or I share the same videos that I make on TikTok. I post them to my Instagram as well. So it's open. Anyone can follow. Anyone can interact. Awesome. Well, anyone around the Monster Jam, I believe you're what? Out West this year, right? You're out West right now? Or, yep, on um, the Stadium West tour. Okay. So if you stop by, say hi to her and say, hey, I saw you at the podcast. That's cool. Um, you know, and our TikTok and whatnot. So, well, I'm going to let you go here, Shelby. Thank you so much for being on here. Uh, once again, I'll probably see you down the road. Uh, I know I'll be at SoFi, but um, outside of that, you know, thank you for being on. Uh, it was a great time learning a little bit about you. I know we could have talked a little bit more uh, uh, outside of that. Uh, time flies when you're having a 45 minute podcast. So, uh, once again, uh, thank you for just explaining about the little bit of the behind the scenes. And if anyone's interested in becoming a crew member, uh, before we actually go, if anyone ever asked you about how to become a crew member, what can you give a brief summary or brief thing on what's the best way for people to go ahead and try to focus on that goal? Yeah, for sure. Um, so actually on um, the Feld Entertainment website, that is our like our parent company, um, there is a Monster Jam branch. You guys can go right on the website and scroll down to careers. We are we are hiring on multiple positions, not even just to be a crew member. Um, so if you're interested, they have a lot of different things. Um, it's super cool. We travel a lot. So if travel is kind of your thing, um, it's great. I've been to a lot of places I never thought I'd be, I would ever go to, including internationally. So check it out. Yeah, those big vehicles with the funny looking tires take you places. Uh, <laughs> that's what my mom <laughs> always says. But uh, once again, Shelby, thank you for coming on. Uh, once again, for next week, uh, we'll be a TBA. So I'll let you know people on social media who will be our guests. So once again, uh, thank you for being on and uh, for folks. Uh, keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up. Peace. <laughs>